Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani, and you are on Call the Mayor. I'm the former mayor of New York, Rudy Giuliani, and this is a uh, show that is uh, dedicated to your being able to call, call me and ask me <laughs> anything you want. Meaning we don't have to worry about, um, we don't have to worry about censors and uh, the kind of things that they, you know, do in fascist countries and communist countries and places like that. Because we, <laughs> we live in a free country most of the time. <clears throat> and we're going to exercise that freedom. It's called freedom of speech. It's in the First Amendment to the Constitution. Uh, many people feel it's in the First Amendment because that and freedom of religion are the real uh, historical basis of this great republic of ours. Um, and uh, I, I don't need to tell, I think, most of you that uh, under uh, the regime that presently exists in uh, Washington, D.C., and many of the states, uh, particularly uh, accelerated by the, the pandemic, now, those freedoms have been uh, largely abridged. I mean, you look at um, you look at the kind of cancel culture that we live in now, and if you say the wrong thing, then um, the left wing uh, legacy media, which means almost all the media, uh, and uh, and the Democratic politicians, and a lot of the uh, business interests that kind of feed off that and feed off China, will try to destroy you. No, no, not just disagree with you, which is fine. That's what they should do. They should disagree with you. They try to destroy you. So we're here to, see, here's the way I look at it. Here's how I, I conceive of it. I see this big iron curtain, and I know that goes back to the, you know, the, the, the Cold War and Winston Churchill, but Winston Churchill is one of my, my heroes. I see this big iron curtain of censorship, which is trying to stop you from getting information that is dangerous to this uh, cabal. And, uh, and they work together to keep that information from you. I guess the most dramatic example of that, but by far not the only one, was the suppression of the Hunter Biden computer or hard drive, which was probably one of the most relevant pieces of information to a presidential campaign that ever existed. It was a um, it was a copy of everything on his computer, Hunter Biden's computer, for about a six or seven year period, which revealed um, an astonishing number of crimes committed by his father as the vice president and then as a private citizen and him. And in some cases, uh, having reference going back to crimes 30 years ago, committed when Joseph Biden was a senator. Um, Hunter Biden had. Uh, in one of the many times that he was uh, over overwhelmed by drugs, which if you look at the hard drive and the pictures on it, looks like a majority of his life. Uh, he left it with a, um, with a computer repairman in uh, Delaware named John Mac Isaacs uh, and never returned for it. Uh, whether that was because of the, the drugs uh, uh, because of general forgetfulness or some kind of Freudian desire to be caught, which I guess is a really interesting thing to explore, uh, which and, and which is explored, by the way, in an excellent movie that is suppressed uh, called, I think, Hunter, My Son, which I think if you just put in Hunter, My Son, 
you'll be able to get it. And it's a very small charge, like seven or eight dollars. Uh, it's an excellent movie, by the way. It's a, it's a kind of fictionalized version of it, but fictionalized in only to give it a, a certain degree of humor and entertainment. And it actually is, if it weren't so tragic, quite funny. I, I, I laughed watching it and I felt guilty laughing, like, like I feel guilty laughing when Biden does what he did yesterday and refers to President Harris. I mean, I, it's tragic. He's the president of the United States of America with astounding amount of power. Literally the power to destroy a lot of the world. He certainly is doing a, 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 a probably the best job of any American president in destroying the uh, American values, uh, the American economy, American safety, and American lives. I can't think of a president who's done more direct damage to this country. So I don't know why I'm laughing. And, and whenever I do, it, I, I kind of feel like slapping myself across the face. But yesterday's was remarkable. I mean, now, this is probably the third or fourth time he's referred to as President ha- Harris. Actually, he congratulated her mother on, uh, on uh, the vice president, uh, Harris, being the president, being the president. Now, I mean, I'm. I'm not kidding. I wish I was. And of course, this follows um, other equally demented things that he's done, like uh, looking for a dead congresswoman in the White House and uh, uh, walking away from a microphone and and clearly not knowing where he was or where he had to go until he was directed. uh, I have... uh, uh, not exactly within reaching distance. I would have to, I'd have to interrupt the broadcast, but when we take a little break, I'll go get it. I, I have, and I've had for some, quite some time, something called the DSM-5. DSM-5 is the psychiatrist, psychologist uh, Bible uh, used for the purpose of uh, uh, diagnosing properly mental illnesses. And um, he fits almost every one of the symptoms of we're at the point now almost of advanced dementia. Now, if you, if you want, um, want to go into that in more detail, you can go to Rudy Giuliani CS.com and you can go back. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, to about, uh, I'd say, um, August of, 2020, and I have a, a podcast uh, with two uh, doctors who uh, spent a fair amount of time researching Joe Biden. And now, and they didn't get to examine him uh, personally, uh, so that you have to factor that into how you evaluate this. But what they did do was quite uh, studiously review his. Uh, videos available over I believe it was a 10 year period you know things like his debating uh, his debating when he ran for vice president uh, speech, speeches that he gave at democratic uh, conventions uh, questioning he did I go back to questioning he did as a senator and then they contrasted it with and now we're talking about uh, two roughly two years ago right uh, the way he spoke now 
First of all, you know, the speaking style was notoriously different, meaning uh, then he spoke what I guess we would call normally, like you do and I do. And now uh, he speaks haltingly. I have spent uh, a, a fair amount of time in nursing homes visiting uh, people that I love. And uh, so I'm, I'm quite familiar with it. Uh, he sounds like the people that I talk to in the nursing home, except worse than most of them. Uh, and then the, uh, the, the things that he slips about uh, create a great deal of evidence that fit into the symptoms in DSM-5. I'll give you one that's very, very clear and very, um, very significant, listed as a sign of, I believe, advanced dementia. And that is um, the, the loss of short-term memory that is so dramatic that you forget what you are talking about immediately. For example, I would now forget that I'm talking about Joe Biden and about his dementia. And I would be, I would, I would stumble for, uh, for, to, to kind of get back into it. Uh, 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 oh, the Yankees lost. Uh, so they, they located uh, numerous times in which he did that. Uh, so there's a, a recent uh, uh, situation, I think it was on Sunday, during an interview uh, by one of his lapdog uh, 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 reporters, and um, he was being asked a, que- uh, uh, a question, and uh, it appeared as if he f- fell asleep. And then uh, the reporter kind of signaled him and uh, spoke a little louder and said, Pre- President Biden. And uh, he, he appears to uh, to wake up, kind of be uh, confused. Uh, the question was about whether his wife uh, wants him to run for pre- for president. Uh, and he begins by saying, "The first uh, the, the the first lady, Mrs. Biden, uh, uh, thinks we do important work." Now. It could be that he was sleeping. I can't tell. I'm actually, I first thought he was sleeping. But his defenders say he wasn't. He was just, uh, just put his head down to think. But what happened, if that's the case, then we're, we're, we're talking about the symptoms the two doctors were talking about. And the DSM-5 indicates, which is he lost his train of thought. Now, you know, everybody does sometimes. When you do it all the time, you have dementia. <laughs> and he does it. Easily one out of three times when he's speaking. In fact, I was given the advice by one of these doctors when when when, when President Trump was debating him. Uh, basically, just let him talk, let him go beyond two minutes, and all of a sudden he'll start to wander. And unfortunately, uh, he was interrupted often enough so that uh, the one or two times he was about to do that, he got helped either by the the then president. Uh, uh, interrupting or or uh, the moderator Mike uh, Mike oh that was the dad Chris Wallace um, uh, interrupting him I look, looks one or two times like Chris was trying to save him. everybody tries to save him and that's fine to try to save him problem is he's we're saving him and putting him in a place where he jeopardizes our safety and our children's safety and our country's safety 
he's incapable of carrying out the duties of president of the United States. Isn't that more serious than politics? I, I don't understand for the life of me. I do not understand how the people around him as Americans, loyal Americans, I don't understand how they, how they allow this. I don't understand how they square with their conscience. Having a man in the most sensitive position in the country who is struggling to think, and he is struggling to think. He really is not capable of making a, a, a complex, reasoned decision. Now, if you overlook that, we have to examine what's wrong with you. Why are you doing it? Is it personal power? Is it greed because you make money off his presidency? Uh, is it... Is it a calculation that that vice president or as or as um, Biden uh, says, uh, President Harris is would be worse than him? I don't think you get to make that. Uh, I think that's possible, by the way, although. Even though she's, she seems like she's out of it most of the time, I have no doubt that she's of sound mind. And I do think I'd come out in favor of having somebody of sound mind as president. Uh, who might be a president that's ineffective, incompetent, and ideologically perverted. And, manip- and, and either uh, and able to be manipulated quite easily, it appears. All those things may be true. But at least you have a functioning brain. I don't, so I don't think we get to make that choice. I also think this is very, very bad for our for, for our for precedent, for history, for but we tend to we tend to you know we tend to look to what we've done in the past as as support for what we're doing now, and um, tolerating a president who is demonstrating to us that he shouldn't be in the presidency. I don't know how sloppy we're going to become, you know, in the future, and I don't just mean Democrats; I mean Republicans as well. Um. There has to be a loyalty beyond politics to the country and to the Constitution and to just common sense and fair play. Oh my goodness, we have a call from a uh, from a man. I'm going to have him. I'm going to have him describe this. It was a, probably one of my most enjoyable Saturdays in quite some time. This Saturday. And I was thinking of describing it uh, to you all anyway. And I believe this is the person I'm thinking of. Uh, Rob, are you there? Yes, it is Rob from Sea Caucus. And tell, and tell everybody who you are, Rob. Well, I am uh, a, a New Jersey resident in a town called Sea Caucus, which is a stone's throw across the Hudson River from Midtown Manhattan. And... Um, I uh, am a huge fan of Rudy Giuliani and his style of speaking and the subjects that he tackles um, in, in light of the fact that they've come after him. They, I don't you know, whoever <laughs> they is, 
So, so <laughs> I, uh, you you also you also are stones to throw from my second most favorite sports uh, venue, where the New York Football Giants play. That's correct, and you know, and I meant Sunday. I meant Sunday rather than Saturday, so I'm probably getting like by. Um, and uh, Sunday, the Giants won a game that was one of the more r- ridiculous games I've ever seen, where they pass to the one yard line uh, uh, that ended the game. <laughs> so, how are you, and what do you want to talk about, Rob? I'm well, and, and I'll, I, I can tell you that uh, my my business that I've been in business for over 20 years here in Sea Caucus, right? We have a hair salon, and we cut the hair of many of these uh, uh, sports uh, figures like, uh, you know, like the New York Giants. They used to take team pitches. I I used to wonder, why are we getting swamped by guys that have to duck to get through the door? You know, (laughs) when I first (laughs) And they were taking team pitches, and the whole team would come over by the the time the day was over. You have to let me know when they're going to be there, and I'll see if I can – See if they let me out of work and I and ABC let me come over. <laughs> absolutely, I will. Yes, we we, we no, I'm serious. I'm, I'm absolutely talk. serious. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a sports nut, so I'm a sports baby. Yeah, M- MLB, MLB, uh, Major League Baseball studios are right here. We got um, we got uh, uh, you know guys from that from there coming in all the time as well. You know, from the, uh, are we it, talking it, about in the barbershop? Correct. Yeah. I mean, a barbershop is a great hand. I mean, traditionally barbershops, I guess I should say bars, you know, and, and uh, have always great hangouts for men. Uh, and of course, you know, hair salons are great hangouts for women. And uh, mm-hmm. so your, your barbershop is kind of like a hangout. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you know, it's, it's actually, it's, professionals we, we our clientele basically consists of professionals these people have careers and a lot going on and they want to get in and they want to get Good. out so we have to we have to run like a clock you know our appointment scheduling is very stringent well, i'm gonna and, come you know, i'm gonna i'm gonna come over so that i can uh i can gawk at the ball players maybe interview absolutely. a few I'll, I'll, yes you get yeah, you get sure, me the, you get me love it. so so um what would you like to discuss? You always have interesting points of view, and I'm going to yeah, probe well, you for one of them. Well, well, I heard a lot about Biden just now. You were talking, man, oh, man, of course, you're, you know, you're right on the money. And did you see recently this, on, you know, and it's weird, like, you know, you're describing this, these psychological phenomenons that are known to exist. People who are in the science of psychology, they understand sure. these profound things that people do like almost like self mutil not self i don't mean mutilation i'm I'm coming up short on words i mean self detriment they they say and do things that are to their own detriment because maybe they have a uh, you know after a lot you know you know what i always thought was profound remember when hillary clinton went over to the world trade centers and just it was and she just fainted and fell to the floor i I remember it quite well i'm gonna gonna tell you a story about it you're not gonna believe but go ahead I, I wonder if that was just the weight of all the corruption at that moment, like ah. weighed heavy on her, right? Well, given who she is, it could be. Do you know I predicted that? I told I, I told President Trump to then Donald Trump, right? I told him that she would collapse 
at the 9-11 ceremony. And that, wow. and, that, and, that, and that we should stay there as long as we could, he should, because she would find it difficult to leave, you know, before him. And I had seen her at that event for several years, and she had a hard time standing for that length of time. Uh, and also, you'd have to go back to the last, that period of time during the campaign. She looked to me like she was... Uh, being medicated in order to stay yeah. awake. And uh, no, she just looked to me like, she, I mean, I would look in her eyes and I would see, I mean, I have got an awful lot of experience with drugs and drugs uh, from prosecuting right. people. And I would look in her eyes and I'd say that they're, 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 uh, they're kind of juicing her up. And I said, I bet you let, let's, stay, let's stay, let's stay there. And we were about to leave. And uh, because she left, and my chief of security ran over to me and said, you won't, you won't believe it, Mayor. I, ha- I have her on video collapsing going into the car. Wow. And, 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 and on, the, on the Trump uh, campaign plane uh, for the next three weeks, I was referred to as doctor. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you saw it coming, you know. Hey, listen, you, you were right in the middle of it all and all that was going on. So nobody had their finger on the pulse better than you, I'm sure. And, and, and I, mean, I, I, think, I, I, I think when when you focus on the Clintons, you focus on the turning point for the for the leadership of the Democrat Party, which after all, up until then was, you know, not too much different than the Republican Party, just a different ideology. But I, I wouldn't say that the Democrats were any more honest or dishonest than the Republicans. I prosecuted both. <laughs> I used to say when I was a prosecutor, even though I was a Republican, I used to say neither party has a monopoly on virtue or vice. Uh, you ain't kidding about that. But the Clintons changed that. The Clintons changed yeah, that. The Clintons, made, the Clintons made the upper echelon of the Democrat Party totally corrupt. And they prove and they prove it all the time too, don't they? McConnell and all the rest of them. I mean, if they're not in the tank, I don't know who is. These people they behave like Democrats when they're, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you look at this Hochul person running for for, for uh, governor. She's already had like three pay for play scandals. She's only been in office for for a year, and uh, I'm afraid that the brainwashed Democrats in New York are going to vote for her anyway. That that's what it's all about for these people because they probably they don't really have any inherent talent you know they're not they're, so they got they they need to get by somehow and I guess corruption is the is the default for them and it's it's terrible it's, it's terrible to watch you know and and speaking of drugs I, I I'm sure that it, it really seems like they got Biden on something too because sometimes he goes out and sure enough like recently he's a, he falls asleep and then all of a sudden. You know, when there's a, a big yes. event, I think what they do is they, I think they have to keep him off the drugs for a while. They have to, otherwise he gets completely strung out. So when he's on his downtime, you catch him on a downtime. He's like a guy who's half asleep. But then all of a sudden for an event, they get him all going and he comes out and you say, wait a minute, is that the same Biden? And I'm saying, what do they got him on? You know, there's no doubt about this. Rob, that they've manipulated. Do you have any medical, do you have any medical training? Do, do you know what you're telling me? was explained to me in great detail about four weeks ago by a doctor. What you're telling me, uh, uh, we don't have any proof of it, so I can't really put him on. Or, But he, he has a theory exactly like yours, that they, uh, they prop him up for certain events with drugs, but that they can't use the drugs all the time because they, he actually, he become like almost addicted to them. 
So right, they, they got to keep him the off. They have to keep him off it for certain times so that it will work when they need it. Like if he's going to give a State of the Union speech or so necessarily he'll, he's going to fall into situations where he doesn't have it. So I don't know if it's true or not, but that's a, that there's a there's a very famous doctor that I know that supports what you're saying. Yeah, I'm you can see it. it it's, it's clear. And how, how about Megan Kelly? She came out a couple of days ago uh, opining on what, what what went on with him and his hands on that young girl again and giving her dating advice. So what the hell is with this guy? Who the hell does he think he is talking well, to I, other people's daughters? And giving them dating advice. Why would the subject be dating in the first place? Well, I think if you if you if you if you really um, if you looked at the whole hard drive, oh, you yeah. would see the family's a very disturbed family. I think so. I think so. I mean, it's a very very disturbed family in a number of ways. Not just not just dishonesty, but uh, uh, let's hope let's hope that the American people have absorbed enough of this. So they deliver a real rebuke to the Democrat Party and they start straightening themselves out, you know, on November 8th, I hope. Well, you know, I think that the Democrat Party, they have done so much carnage in the last how many years has it been? Has it been like a four year, five year run of just disastrous carnage now that's been going on because of them? It seems like and, that. I mean, he's only been, he actually has only been in office for you know less than two years. But if, if you think about when they started trying to frame Trump. With the right. uh, Russian collusion, so that takes you back to at least 2016, right? So that's yeah, four, I five, think. six. That's six years. Six years of destroying the fabric of America, which is clearly what they tried to do and that they are trying to do. But I wouldn't be surprised, and it seems almost now that they've got themselves into so much deep water that you know whoever, whoever is really running this show, whether it be uh, Soros or whoever, you know whoever it is, you know, and, and from a 30,000 foot view, maybe these people are saying, okay, we got more than we ever could have expected in these last three, four, five years. And it's, it's, it's almost inevitable that we're going to lose this upcoming election. It, it seems as almost they're like, they, they're not even fighting really. If this is what they, if this is what they call fighting for the midterms, you don't hear any kind of fighting words out of the Democrats right now. It's almost like they're laying back and they're going to sleep. It's almost like, yeah, yeah. On confusion. What do you, what do you, let me just ask you one other thing. Uh, what, what do you think of this Fetterman guy in uh, in the in the state on your other side, uh, Pennsylvania? It's unbelievable. It's another Joe Biden moment. They take the worst <laughs> possible candidate that they could find, and they say, "We're gonna." You know, it reminds me of that movie Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. Remember that when the two Wall Street tycoons see him in the street uh, panhandling, and the one brother bets the other brother a dollar that they can turn him into a a a, a a, a Wall Street, you know, guru, and and they do it all, all over the bed of a dollar. It, it's like a game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it, 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 I, I agree with that. The, the other one I would think of is being there. Did you see that with with Peter Sellers? Oh, that sounds like a good one. Peter Sellers was great. No, no. If you watch, uh, if right you watch the end of it, if you watch the end of it, I'll tell you the end of it. I mean, he's uh, the the character who is who is who is like a, a complete. Uh, uh, a completely uneducated, illiterate uh, uh, guy uh, is going to is going is to be president of the United States, and oh, they show, it yeah. ends with it ends with Peter Sellers walking on water, and he walk he's walking like Biden walks, you know, like uh, you know, with that like gait. a little old man. 
Yes, I did. You know what I did? Somebody mentioned it to me. And what I did you is I went it. on, I wound up catching, I got clips of it on YouTube. I didn't see it from beginning to end, but I was, yeah, 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 I just wrote it. Watch it. I mean, yeah, it's there. very, it's, it's a, it's a brilliant movie and Sellers is, uh, I mean, he's just, well, he's a great actor anyway. And, and Shirley MacLaine, who's, you know, is also, on, yeah, there's a scene, there's a scene where Shirley MacLaine is trying to seduce him. And it, it's the funniest scene you've ever seen in your whole life. In fact, Watch it and call me back after you've seen it, okay? Oh, yes, I will. One, what, one more. I know you will. What, one, Rob, I've got to run what, now. What, what, one, okay, one more, inv- one more question. It, yeah. it, in, invasion of the Body Snatchers explains this, almost like, remember we were talking about <laughs> that mass formation. If, right? Okay, Invasion with, of the with, Body Snatchers, I've never seen, but I will. I'll watch Invasion of Len- the Body Snatchers, okay? And you watch Len- being there Len- and we'll discuss it. Leonard Nimoy, Donald Sutherland, and uh, I forgot a couple others. But yeah, great movie. And I will. I'm going to look into this one as well. Yeah, you watch Being There, and I'll watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and then we'll discuss it. Okay? All right. All right. All right, Rob. And I'm going to come over. I'm going to come over and hang out with the haircut people at some point. All right? Absolutely. Yep. I'll I'll make whatever arrangements are necessary. (laughs) Thanks, Rob. God bless. Thank you. Thank you, Rudy. God bless you as well. I'll talk to you on Thursday. Good. Now, there's a fun guy, right? I mean, Rob, is that, there's a real complete, interesting guy. Uh, obviously, you know, with real common sense. And, and sometimes I, I don't, I, I've only, you know, known Rob through, through um, his calling here on BBS and also on ABC. And um, so, you, like, I feel like he's a friend. And, and, and he's a good, um, sounding board since I'm sort of, you know, even though I'm not a mayor now or, or involved deeply in any campaign, I'm sort of in the bubble, you know, because of all my, so I'm not sure I always can perceive things from the point of view of, you know, where the average citizen is. So I've always, I've always done this, what I just did there. When I was mayor, I really recommend this to politicians and who really want to be good public service, Republican or Democrat, go talk to your constituents. I don't know, just go talk to them. Like, you know, not, um, I, I used to do one town hall meeting every month and I'd go to a different borough and they were good, but they're more structured. So people, uh, sometimes people use it, uh, you know, for their own reasons. Sometimes they use it to try to trap you. Sometimes they try to use it to try to help you. Sometimes they use it just to ask questions. But it is a little bit unnatural. What I'm really talking about is like, go sit in a diner or even just go over to somebody who's like a nice person and you mind if I talk to you. They'll be a little shocked if you're the county executive or the congressman or the state representative or the whatever. But uh, mo- most people will just say, okay. And then just ask them, what, what do you think? What's going on? How? I mean, if you if you represent a district, uh, it has its own peculiar set of problems. What what's their what's their perspective on it? How do they look at it? I can't, you can't believe what you learn, and it beats uh, it beats public opinion polls and uh, and focus groups because it's a lot more honest and a lot more natural. And um, and and you're not selecting the topics they are, and when they select a topic. It means there's a lot of intensity to it. 
And you don't get that from polling because you've decided in advance what the topics are. And then people just respond to it. So I really recommend that if you're in any position of authority. It applies also if you run a business or a, or a government agency or go talk to the people at the working level, you know, and like normally. Can't believe what you'll find out and, uh, and, the, and the strategies that you'll come up with. And uh, the problem is that so many people in public office today, they don't treat it like a real job. They treat it like almost like an acting position. You know, they, they, uh, they posture. I mean, that, that was always, you know, long before Joe Biden was demented. I, I knew Joe. I've known, I've known Joe, I believe, since 1981. And he's always been um, not, not very bright. And I always felt that he got by by posture, you know, basically saying whatever they put on the cards in front of him, and sometimes not even reading it correctly. I mean, um, don't think you really appreciate if you knew him before the, just how dumb he is. I mean, this is a guy who had trouble, real trouble getting through law school, except by cheating. And um, so you take, you take a guy that is, you know, comes into it, probably not intelligent enough to be president in the first place. And then he's demented also. Wow. So I wanted to spend a little time on talking about Iran, really to, uh, really to bring to your attention stuff that is not focused on enough. There, there as you, I think, probably know, <clears throat> there are protests going on in Iran. And uh, they started about the, in mid-September. And they started, I, I'll remind you of this, it's in the news now and current, but there's a point, a deeper point here. Uh, they, they started with the death of 22-year-old Mas, Masa Amini. That's M-A-H-S-A, Masa Amini, A-M-I-N-I. Masa was uh, beaten. And uh, beaten so badly, killed, because she violated the dress code of the um, uh, tyrannical regime of the Ayatollah. The I call it the reign of terror, Iran. And uh, she she had a. Uh, um, this is absolutely Iran. Iran will. I mean, there's, no, there's no dispute about what I'm telling you now. Uh, she was killed because a little piece of her hair came out of her head covering, like a, you know, a, a tuft of hair or just a little piece. Uh, I did an, in, I did a podcast today, which will be out tomorrow, I think, with uh, a man who's an expert on this, a man that the regime has tried to kill and, his name is Ali Reza Jeff, Jeff Sadardi. And um, he is a really very, very intelligent, very brave man. But um, he said that is not uncommon. What I'm telling you is not uncommon. Certainly the beating part, the killing part happens sometimes. But I mean, if, you, if there, is an, there is an actual police force that enforces the dress code, uh, uh, to the point where this is what 
you know, basically you don't go to court and get a summons. You get beaten if you're a woman and you show a little hair. Now, usually it doesn't lead to death. I don't think. Nobody keeps statistics on this, obviously. And I'm relying on, on Ali Reza's description, which, is, which I'm sure is totally accurate. But she was killed. As happens, you know, even though this, even though this has happened in the past, and it's always like one incident that sometimes sparks the whole thing. This sparked protests throughout all of Iran. And the, and the regime of terror, regime of, of, of uh, terror, cracked down immediately and started killing people. Instead of uh, closing it down, as they have been able to do in the past by using brutal force right at the very beginning, it actually accelerated it. So let me take you to where we are now. Uh, as of today, there have been about 198 cities have had big, big protests. Well over 400 people, protesters have been killed. Um, uh, documented over 30 teenagers, uh, some children. There are an estimated 20,000 people in detention. And the protests continue as I speak. And the protests involve signs saying uh, death to the dictator, death to Khomeini, death to the oppressor, be it the Shah or the leader. The leader is Khomeini. I'm reading to you now from videotapes of uh, the protest inside Iran. I have access to it because of my long-term association with the MEK. And um, so I get to, I have I have been looking o- over the last five years at numerous protests in Iran. This is um, these protests, although a bit of a surprise to the American people, the intensity of them. These protests are not happening in a vacuum. This has been going on since uh, at least 2017. Uh, 2017, 2018, uh, there were protests, multiple protests in every city in Iran uh, by the by the teachers, by the uh, bus drivers, by the uh, uh, doctors, by the nurses, uh, almost all sectors of society. Similarly, uh, calling for the removal of Khomeini and the overthrow of the regime. Uh, Donald Trump helped uh, continue them by expressing support for them. There had been protests like this under Obama, uh, which he uh, which he gave no support to when he was trying to reach his agreement with Iran, and, and which he did, and pump billions of dollars uh, into the reign of terror. How he did that, why he did that, only he uh, can explain to God. I don't know. But you surely had to know if you give them money, they use it to kill people. If you don't, then you're too stupid to be president. Uh, but in any event, so this doesn't happen in a vacuum. These protests were reaching really a uh, pretty big level when the pandemic began, and the regime used it to lock everybody up. <laughs> and protests then calmed down a little. And this has revived them. Now I'm going to make a prediction for you. 
These protests are not going to end until the regime is overthrown. I don't know if they're going to last six months, a year, two years, three years. Uh, I watched them carefully. And they have the characteristics of the kind of protests that happen when people have decided they'd rather die than live under the conditions that are being imposed on them. And that an overwhelming number of Iranians have made that decision uh, from all walks of society. This, this involves uh, Muslims, Shiite Muslims. It involves the Arab section of Iran to the south. It involves the other ethnic groups, uh, Kurd- Kurdistan. Uh, you know, you've got many different ethnic groups in Iran. This seems to be something in which they are all involved. And it is now well into the second month. And uh, here, here are the top 10 characteristics that um, Ali Razor n- noted uh, uh, for me and uh, that, that, says, that says that this is, these are terminal protests. That means uh, either he's gonna, they're going to kill them all or they're going to overthrow the regime. It's uh, the continuity. They just continue. And the more people that are killed, the more protesters that come out. And it's engulfed all of Iran. I have a map here of Turkmenistan, of um, right down by the border near Kuwait. Of course, all throughout the country, all throughout the country. And second, the focus is without any doubt squarely on regime change. The signs are uh, death to the dictator. Death to Khomeini, we will fight, we will die, we will take our Iran, that's another one. Death to the oppressor, be it the Shah or the leader, Khomeini. This is not a protest, this is a revolution. It's, uh, it, 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 it is not giving the American people the knowledge they need um, uh, to really understand the world, to keep calling this a protest. This is a revolution that is going on. And uh, if you look at it carefully and analyze it carefully, this is an ending without a resolution, meaning they're going to be all destroyed or the Ayatollah is going to be overthrown. Uh, the, the slogans are universal. So from Balochistan uh, to Kurdistan, you've got the same um, theme, overthrow uh, uh, Khomeini. Uh, the community is... Uh, uh, the, the communities, the 190 plus communities, are uh, give wide support to it. Uh, the hospitals, although controlled theoretically by the government, have been uh, taking care of uh, the, the the people that have been harmed and hurt. And doctors and nurses are 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 uh, joining the protest and volunteering for the effort of taking care of the people that are beaten. Khomeini uh, is the main target. There is no other target, and Raisa, who is his prime minister, who is a mass murderer, by the way, uh, is the, are, are solely in their focus. As I said, it involves all sectors of society, every ethnic group. They have made it clear that they're going to accept nothing less than regime change. Intimidation seems to backfire on the regime. It seems to create more protesters. Uh, it's beginning uh, to uh, 
peel off people theoretically loyal to the regime who are joining them. And um, this could this could be uh, something that leads to the overthrow of you know one of the most oppressive and certainly maybe the most disruptive uh, 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 regime in the world. This 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 is a, a, a this is a regime that uh, you know has gotten itself now involved in in in, uh, in Ukraine, assisting the uh, the Russians with the uh, with the uh, with the bombs that are placed there because of their expertise in do, in doing that and having done that to you know many Americans killed m- m- many young Americans. Uh, this is another point of complete uh, confusion for me with uh, Biden and Obama and their support for Iran. And the, uh, their, their, their almost what appears to be insane desire to reach some kind of nuclear agreement with them, which would entail giving them a tremendous amount of money. I, I've never understood why Obama's uh, sending hundreds of millions in cash to Iran when he was president was not investigated <laughs> when Trump was investigated for something that never happened, you, you think about you think about that, right? Just for a moment, you just focus on why, why would a president deliver cash in, in in incredible amounts in millions and not send a wire to a sovereign nation? And, and what did the president think when he did it? And, and Obama was able to think, this one can. But at that time, he could, and he knew about it. So you would have to ask yourself, well, why do they want cash? Well, the answer is obvious, right? They don't want cash for government operations to assist the people of Iran who are starving. They want cash because that's the way you help organized criminals, uh, drug dealers, and terrorists. What is the thing said about Iran all the time that I don't think anybody disagrees with? There's a single biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. So how, how do you square with your conscience if you have one? Sending hundreds of millions of dollars in an airplane overnight to a country that devotes a great deal of its resources to supporting terrorists who kill, well, your own citizens. The Iranian Quds Force under Soleimani was responsible for the death of many, many young Americans. And they were extremely active in Iraq in killing Americans. Uh, They are uh, trained to focus on Americans and Israelis. They are dedicated to the destruction completely of the state of Israel, one of our strongest allies. And we give them cash? And we're, and we're debating, you know, uh, what is it, this singer guy being anti-Semitic and uh, stupid things that he said? Pretty darn anti-Semitic to be sending billion, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to a country that wants to kill Jewish people. I mean, that's like beyond anti-Semitism. 
it gets you into another realm that I, if I, if I probably suggest it, I end up with, um, you know, being attacked and uh, all kinds of other stuff. But uh, someday I would like to see Obama have to answer for that. I'm sure that money was used to kill some of our people and to kill Israelis. Money sent by the president of the United States in an airplane overnight, secretly uh, discovered by the press, not disclosed by him, to the world's largest sponsor of terrorism and uh, uh, well known to the vice president at the time and approved by him when he was capable of knowing and approving and doing things like that. So please, why did you vote for him? How, and, and are you going to do it again? I mean, I, I, when, I, when I was coming in uh, today to do my radio broadcast, a, a man stopped me in the elevator and he was almost pleading with me. He said, they're not going to elect Hochul, are they? And I said, well, why do you put it that way? He said, well, for 20 years, we keep electing these Democrats and they have to resign in scandals. And she's already got three where she probably should resign. And are they stupid enough to elect her? I mean, what's wrong with 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 uh, with um, I mean, what's wrong with holding them accountable? So why do, why do people just vote like this? And I said, well, the best answer I can give you in New York, having run and and have and having been the so I think of the third Republican elected in the twentieth century, and only the second that remained a Republican, I'd have to say the Democrat Party has brainwashed. They vote Democrat, even though it's absurd to continue to put Democrats in Albany, which probably is more crooked than Washington. And the person that is now seeking election has already demonstrated all the characteristics of being a crook. Uh, she's taken over $300 million in campaign contributions from a uh, company that she then delivered a contract to for well over $600 million that they would earn, uh, allowing them to charge three times more than California charges for the same COVID test. So in other words, suckering you. Now, uh, Congressman Zeldin is a, is, a, is a veteran of the military. He's been a very effective congressman. You may disagree. I mean, the biggest issue is he defended Trump. All right. You may disagree with that, but he's going to end this ridiculous bail situation in which we let half the criminals out. There's an estimate done by a criminologist that uh, something like uh, something like was it five to seven thousand people are out on the street who should be in jail. If I were mayor or, 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 or Bloomberg and, and Ray Kelly, and those are the five to 7,000 that are throwing people on subway tracks and shooting them and knifing them. And, and this whole thing about guns, I mean, he, he may think he got control over guns. He has it, Adams, but they're doing it with knives now and with bats. This isn't a question of. The instrumentality used for, 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 for murder this is a question of human behavior, which the Democrat Party avoids because um, they don't want to hold the criminals responsible. Did it ever occur to you uh, that you shouldn't be voting for the same group of people the criminals vote for?
that'd be a good sign of who you shouldn't put in office, at least until we can turn around this crime problem. So I guess I'm pleading with the people of my state, please don't continue this. You're going you're gonna to destroy the state. You're destroying it, actually. The same thing is true of my friends in New Jersey electing uh, the governor they have who might well be one of the worst governors in the country. Or the Fetterman character in, in Pennsylvania who doesn't understand English anymore and needs it translated by some software into some other language so he can understand it, then respond in some other language. And who knows how much brain damage he's had. And before he had the brain damage, he was pretty damaged individually. He wanted to let about half the people out of prison. Uh, he wanted to let people out of prison uh, who were convicted of only second degree murder. Uh, he supports this guy Krasner in in Philadelphia, who has probably single handedly destroyed the city of Philadelphia. Uh, two years in a row, it'll be now of record murders, you know, more murders than any time in the history of the city of Philadelphia. Turns down well over half the cases the police bring him. Um, the crooked Democratic Party of Pennsylvania wouldn't support him for re-election because they're in jeopardy because of him. Uh, criminals don't distinguish between Democrats and Republicans when they go, you know, mug you, beat you, or kill you. When they throw you on the subway tracks, they don't ask if you're a Republican or a Democrat. They just throw you on the subway tracks. So you can be a crooked Democratic political leader. Well, they didn't support him. And then Soros came in with three, four million and made him DA again. And they're now trying to remove him. Like our Bragg guy here in, in, in New York who announced on day one arrogantly he's not going to enforce the law. And Governor Hokopoko, who spends her time trying to figure out how to make millions for her husband, is silent, doesn't do anything about it. And the governor in New York has the power, and I would say the obligation, to remove a district attorney who arrogantly refuses to enforce the law. I don't know what's wrong with them. I stopped trying to figure it out. All I can tell you is I don't know what's wrong with the voters. Why do you vote for them? You want to die. I mean, uh, you want to see young people killed like this? I mean, you want to be a Chicago 50 years of Democratic rule? Last weekend, there were 50, 50, 5 0 shootings, 10 murders, 13 of the shootings and the uh, killings were teenagers. Oh, 18, sorry. 78% black. The victims? Where's Black Lives Matter? This is like, we're not talking about a police situation, you know, once every couple months. <laughs> we're talking about 50 people in one weekend, 78% of whom are black, getting slaughtered. And it's routine. It happens every weekend. It's been 50 years of the same political party. That not only doesn't do anything about it, it makes it worse. And the DA put there by Soros. I mean, the pattern is obvious. And it's obvious they're making suckers out of you when you vote for it. The answer is obvious. You, you, you vote them out of office. You do it uniformly and intensely and, uh, and uh, dramatically. They're forced to change, and they will. 
they will. There are plenty of, plenty, I mean, plenty, 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 plenty of honest, decent Democrats. They'll let them realize they got to step forward and take over their party so we can have a really active, vital two-party system in this country. I mean, as I conclude, I see on uh, the television here, uh, Charlie Chris. Now, there, there's one of probably the biggest liars in America. He's running for governor of Florida. And last night he challenged DeSantis about the idea that DeSantis, you know, will, will you promise, uh, to, uh, are you going to promise to remain for four years if you get elected governor? Now, what a lying phony. This guy begged me, Romney and McCain, to make him vice president when he was governor of Florida. In other words, to interrupt his service to Florida. And uh, for good reason, all of us turned him down. In fact, my staff, he didn't do it with me directly. He did it with my staff. My staff told him, you know, uh, if we agree to this, you know, we, we go to jail. This is a crime jerk. And I can't tell you uh, my experiences with him. Uh, promised to endorse me at the same time he promised to endorse Romney, which we only figured out after the election when we talked to each other about. It. And he's running again for governor. He had been governor. He was terrible. He raised taxes. I mean, if, if he had remained governor of Florida, uh, the people would have gone somewhere else, not Florida. It's only because of uh, it's only because of Governor Scott and Governor DeSantis that Florida is the one of the premier states in the country in terms of growth. How dishonest people like this get into politics and how they fool the people is still, even though I've been in politics for a long time, confusing to me. And I am bound and duty bound to try to do everything I can to change it so that we get honest people in on both sides. And and believe me, I have no illusion that Republicans are, are any morally better than Democrats. The group just so happens that in this period in our history, the leadership echelon of the Democrat Party has been taken over by extremely crooked and perverted people. And they are uh, bound and determined to superimpose that on this country. And then I think there's an element of, you know, co- uh, communist ideology working its way through. Because so many of these people were uh, educated and trained, really, with a tremendous influence of Marxism. And, you know, we can, we can save that for another broadcast, but I can trace that for you uh, and show you that they're basically following Marx, Engels, Lenin, Trotsky, Saul Alinsky, their schedule for how you pervert a country, uh, which means attacking its morals and making it a degenerate, immoral country. And they're trying real hard to do that. They really are. So thank you very, very much for, uh, for listening. Uh, we'll be back on, we'll be back on, thir- on, on Thursday, except on Thursday, we'll come on a little earlier on bbsradio.com and we will be discussing the 2022 election and the state of it, which between now and Thursday maybe may change. It is really dynamic, enormously fascinating and enormously important to the future. Of, uh, of our country, maybe, maybe the most important midterm election we've ever had. I do think it is, and I, I, I'm not a candidate. Candidates like to say that. I'm telling you that as a matter of historical fact, as best I can discern. Well, thank you very, very much for listening. Please return uh, on, thurs- on Thursday for the two hours starting at five. 
and this is Rudy Giuliani, and I sign off asking you to say a prayer uh, tomorrow morning and thank God that he allows you to be part of this great nation.